I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Today, we have a very special Father's Day episode with Coach Dave McGarity. His daughter, Maureen, just wrapped up one of the greatest women's basketball campaigns in Holy Cross history. This spring, she coached the Crusaders to the Patriot League tournament title and their first NCAA tournament since 2007. Now, Dave was an outstanding men's and women's basketball coach himself. He was at Marist and Army West Point. He shared the sidelines at West Point with Maureen. And now he's a supportive dad and granddad who had the cameras on him courtside as he rode an incredible wave of emotions during the Patriot League championship run. Dave, thanks so much for joining us and happy Father's Day. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks uh, for having me on. And I'm not sure Maureen's real thrilled about this because we can tell a lot of stories about her as a player and, and as a coach. I can't wait to dive deep. Uh, let's start with that Patriot League title game at BU. Now, my wife and I were sitting directly behind you at the roof, and I could feel you just willing Maureen's team to victory. What's it like for a former coach to watch a game helplessly like that? Well, it, it really was an incredible game. And uh, when you when you go back and look at, at really the whole season and how it played out, you know, I, it was curious just preparing for this. I, I went back and looked at her, her schedule and because I sort of forgot the sequence of, of the wins and losses down the stretch. And she had a really, you know, rough stretch where they had lost three in a row uh, before they had to go back and play at Army and and then play BU on the final regular season game and knock BU out. So it it really was a roller coaster for her because they had a great beginning to the Patriot League. Uh, you know, had a huge injury uh, and, and then lost their, their, their one of their best frontline players. And then all of a sudden, you know, some of the young kids started stepping up, especially uh, you know the, the sophomore Berger and then a couple of the freshmen just were outstanding for her. So I. I, I couldn't be more proud of, of how she handled it. But that game, when you get to that game, I must have fallen asleep when they were up 21 in terms of willing them willing them to a win because BU just showed incredible tough, mental toughness coming back from that deficit. And being there and being at the roof certainly was helpful for them. And an incredible turnout of Holy Cross fans there to get that team across the finish line. You talked about how tough it is just over the course of the season to win a title. But how about over the course of a career? You coached twice in the NCAA tournament. You're one of only two coaches to coach the men's and women's March Madness. You understand the lifetime of work that goes in. How special was it to see Maureen's journey finally reach the NCAA tournament with this Holy Cross team? Well, very similar a lot of comparisons uh, to, to what I went through as a coach at times, the disappointment coming so close a number of times, you know, whether, you know, it was at Marist as a men's coach at Army in 2013, you know, we had won the regular season, uh, had an outstanding team, had the great Kelsey Minato was the player and rookie of the year that year. And we go into the, into the first round and, and we get upset by the eight seed Colgate. And, and, you know, you flash back to, you know, not this two seasons ago to what happened, you know, to Holy Cross against Navy. But I just think that that really gave them the resolve uh, and gave her 
the understanding of, of what needed to be done to get to that next level. And, uh, and, and, and to do it, you know, by, I mean, I didn't lose anybody. I mean, I, I lost one pretty good player that year, Anna Simmers, I remember, but she lost the player of the year uh, in La Barbara. And, and, you know, a lot of people didn't expect them. And I think even when you look at the preseason, I think they were picked fourth. Looking back on the last three years now, Maureen has taken Holy Cross back to the top of the Patriot League. She's been coach of the year, a regular season and tournament champ now. Out of all those accomplishments, what makes you most proud about the work she's done in Worcester? Well, I think when you go back and you look at the timing, you know, when, when, they, when the job opened up, uh, I mean, and you have to understand, a lot of people probably don't know this, but she was very, very happy, you know, at UNH. And she had an outstanding athletic director, Marty Serrano, who treated her like a daughter. I mean, and, and I knew Marty. I knew Marty from his Penn State days when I was at St. Francis in Pennsylvania. And, and, and Marty just was, was a wonderful person as well as a great AD. But I, I knew when Holy Cross opened, and ironically, uh, and again, a lot of people probably don't know this, she had a few exceptions in her contract at UNH in terms of buyouts. And one of them was if the Holy Cross job ever opened, because, you know, Holy Cross recruited her, uh, you know, coach Gibbons recruited her. And, and uh, you know, I, I always thought it would have been a great, a great pick for her. She went to BC out of high school, but uh, I just can't, I can't imagine when I look at all the ups and downs that she's had in her career, um, this year was was just the culmination of such uh, dedication, hard work, and, and persistence. And it seems like Worcester has become a home away from home for you and your wife, Rita. <laughs> Obviously, your busy grandparents to Maureen's daughters, yeah. Charlotte and Caroline. I remember the road trip when Holy Cross went to Army West Point this year, and Maureen posted a video of the kids just getting so excited about seeing your name there. What's it like having three generations now so closely tied to your past in the Patriot League? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I, you know, you go, let's go back to 2006. I, I never anticipated coaching women. You know, I, I, I had a pretty good job as an assistant commissioner and a, in a, in a, in a mid-American conference. And somehow I end up there with Maggie Dixon and, here we are playing Holy Cross in the in the championship game in 2006, and uh, you know I, it's amazing that I that I have Holy Cross gear on. I mean, other than Navy as the Army coach, Holy Cross was probably our our next or, or bitter rival A A two, and and I, I just uh, it's amazing. It's just but basketball, I think sports in general is is just is, is so ins, ins and outs and the six degrees of separation or whatever you want to call it it's amazing how many different things how way how it affects your life and but but i mean for her for our family uh and, and to go back there and now with my son-in-law as the baseball coach and he he just you know won the patriot league championship uh on, on monday so and we sp we spent two days there and it was just a just a great experience yeah, I'm definitely going to ask you more about having two Patriot League titles in the family, but I want to go all the way back. Uh, you graduated from St. Francis in Pennsylvania, jumped right into a career in college hoops shortly after. When did you know Maureen was going to make basketball her own life's work? Well, we, by the time I got to Marist, you know, I went from St. Francis um, to Iona. I was at Iona College for three years and 
Uh, ironically, we were in the Metro Atlantic Conference when Holy Cross competed. So, you know, George Blaney was a good friend of mine. And then from there, I, I get to Marist and we, you know, my kids grew up there and Maureen grew up there. I mean, Maureen was born in Altoona, Pennsylvania, when I was in St. Francis, she spent, you know, her formative years in, in, in New Rochelle and Pelham, New York. And then here she is uh, in, in Poughkeepsie. And it was a great place, a great, a great place to grow up. And, and it was nice because I had a, a, a nice 20 year career at, at Marist where our kids didn't have to move around. So probably to answer your question indirectly, you know, sitting on a couch with her watching film, watching game film, watching recruits on tape, you know, and her watching and, and making incredible observations. And, and, and I'm looking at her like, are you, are you really six, seven years old? I mean, and she just was around it her whole life. And I think that instilled in her a love of the game, but just the understanding the relationships with players and how it was more always a family atmosphere. My wife did a wonderful job. And uh, years later, when she came back and transferred back to Marist as a player, I mean, you'd have the men's team over, the women's team over for Halloween parties and, I mean, you know, holidays. It was, you know, it was a great atmosphere. So Maureen starts as a little girl grinding film on the couch with dad. Now she's here at Holy Cross, known for her energy, positivity. Players love playing for her, and she coached them to a championship level so quickly despite all the challenges with COVID and recent events beyond basketball. What do you think are Maureen's best traits now as a head coach? Well, I, I think her understanding of the business, to be quite honest with you. And and it, there's times where, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of people in my career and a lot of administrators, a lot of athletic directors. And I talk about this all the time. You know, when I started out, you know, most athletic directors were former coaches. Nowadays, it's just not that way, you know. And, and, and that's just the way athletics is developed, you know, whether it's uh, promotions or, or coming out of communications or fundraising or whatever. And, and, and that's a challenge sometimes. And I think for Maureen, understanding the business, being around it. And, and, and here's the thing that I don't even know if people at Holy Cross understand this. I mean, she's been a head coach for 13 years. Yeah. And, and she was the associate head coach for me for two years at Army. Uh, you know, she, she came to work with me. I mean, Without her on my staff, my first year as a head coach, I wouldn't have survived. I mean, the transition from coaching men to women is not easy. And, uh, you know, whether it's my tone or my language or whatever, but having her by my side was, was an incredible uh, a positive experience for me. And it helped me develop. As, and when she left, I, I was really worried. But um, And then what she did at UNH, winning championships there, taking them you know, to, to, to league championships, to the national invitational tournament, other tour. I mean, she played Holy Cross back in the uh, in one year in, in one of those other tournaments, the C, CBI or one of those things, WBI, WBI it was. So it's just amazing in terms of when you look at her age and how much experience, the depth of experience she has. So I, I just think her understanding of the, of the business is really the most important part of her. Uh, just what makes her a great, I think, a great coach. Let's take a short break. When we get back, Maureen McGarity joins us to talk about sharing the sidelines with her dad, plus the first ever head coaching matchup between <laughs> father and daughter in college basketball. That's next right here on Sater Stories. At Fuel America, 
We've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination, and we are a starting point. Because Feel America is not just our name, it's our mission. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals To Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Whether you are looking at hosting a birthday party, corporate or youth team outing, church group, or just a night out with some friends, Holy Cross Athletics has just the experience to make your event unforgettable. Holy Cross Athletics offers a number of interactive group experiences where your groups can even have the option of adding food and drinks to your experience. For more information, please call 1-844-GO-CROSS or email us at tickets at holycross.edu. 2023 Holy Cross football season tickets are now on sale. Secure your seat at Fit and Field for every game this fall as the Crusaders chase a record fifth straight Patriot League championship. Learn more about season tickets at GoHolyCross.com or by calling 1-844-GO-CROSS. Welcome back to Sater Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale, celebrating Father's Day with Dave and Maureen McGarity. I'm thrilled to welcome the head coach of women's basketball at Holy Cross. Maureen, thanks so much for joining us. Before the break, we were talking with Dave about what he admires most about you as a coach. I'd love to know how much of your coaching philosophy you think comes from Dave. You know, I think obviously I learned so much from my dad um x's and o's you know recruiting how to evaluate talent but the biggest thing I learned from my dad is just the relationship piece you know whether it's with the players with your staff just people on campus I mean that's that's something that I'm the most proud of of my dad even when you when we go back to St. Francis when we were little kids when we were at Marist and we go back to Marist I mean everybody the stories I hear from everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm 42 years old. And it, the first thing is your Dave's daughter. Oh, here, let me tell you this story. And just how, how my dad made people feel throughout his life, you know, and his career and everybody, you know, he's just one of those type of people. Everybody thinks that they're my dad's best friend. And that's just something that I'm, I'm just so proud of. You actually transferred in college uh, to get a little closer to Dave. Holy Cross alums are thrilled to hear you left BC after a year. <laughs> you end up at Marist right in your backyard where your dad was the head coach. How did that decision to transfer really start shaping a future career in coaching? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't think very many people know. I mean, I, I had a kind of a career ending injury. Um, I was told by the doctors and uh, the, the training staff at BC that I probably will never, I should never play basketball again. Wow. I thought I was done playing. <clears throat> and that's actually why I transferred to Marist. Um, I could have stayed at BC and been a regular student, but I just was just, you know, obviously just shocked with that news and just wanted to get back closer to home and be with my family and took a whole year off uh, from basketball, was a regular student for a whole, a whole year. And Obviously, you know, I, I've been around the game my whole life. And, and I think just that year really proved to me how important basketball really was. And I healed up. I was able to play uh, and had ended up having a great career, went to the NCAAs. But I think during that time where I sat out, um, you, you see a lot of things when you're injured. Trust me, on the sideline, not just basketball wise, but um, really in, in a career in coaching. I learned a lot about how important, you know, the relationship piece really was with things that my dad taught me and how, you know, when you are injured, you know, how, how important those players still are, you know, and, and how a simple check-in with a player that's out from a coach, especially a head coach really means a lot. Dave, you coached at Marist from 86 to 2004, raised your three children there, took a step away from coaching until the youngest women's basketball coach in the country, Maggie Dixon, asked you personally to join her staff at Army. How did she convince you to get back in the game? Uh, I don't know. I, it was, she just blew me away. She reminded me a lot of Maureen, uh, you know, uh, just a little bit older version. She was young. She was 20, 27 when she got the job at Army, uh, had been at DePaul with Doug Bruno. So it had, had you know, a, Great uh, pedigree at that point, was a terrific player uh, at San University of San Diego. And th the only connection I had was, to be honest with you, well, I had a few connections, but Jamie was an assistant at Pitt uh, when I was the head coach at Marist, and we played Pittsburgh. And ironically, we played Pitt, took them into overtime, and then we flew to play, play BC when they had the great Troy Bell and, and Al Skinner, who I knew we played them next and Maureen was, was in a point where she was, should have been red shirt and that whole thing. But uh, I, I look back on that whole thing and I, and I think Jamie, you know, was the, really the, the main connection and he was calling her saying, look, you know, Dave McGarity might be somebody to look at and the people at army knew me. So I'm covering a football game for the mid American conference and they were playing at Army, it was Central Michigan, and, and they approached me about being an assistant or an associate coach. And I, and I said, well, I don't know her. And, and so then they, they hooked us up. We had dinner at the Thayer Hotel with the father, Jimmy Dixon, and it was like a three hours. I, had, I just had a blast. And, 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 she, and I said, look, Maggie, I get a feeling they're trying to shove me down your throat. And she's there, Dave, look, I've talked to a lot of people. And ironically, my former boss, Pat Kennedy, was the men's coach at DePaul at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that it just, there was a lot of connections there. And she said, look, I, I just think, and, uh, you know, that, that's how it all came down. So I was the only assistant that she hired because she kept the rest of the staff because the, the transition happened so late in October. And, and uh, that's how I ended up there. And, and it was just, uh, you know, it was a Cinderella season. He, she was like a rock star. 
and uh, you know she's on ESPN. I'll never forget they kept showing her at the Big East tournament, Madison Square Garden. This is after we had won the the Patriot League, which was an incredible game, one of the all time unbelievable games. Maureen was at that game. It was unbelievable because the because the cadets were there and they stormed the court. I, I it, it was like watching something uh, you know crazy and and. And here she is, you know, on ESPN. They kept showing her, talking about. She probably would have only been in army for a couple of years at the most, to be honest with you. So all these stars align to put you on that sideline with Maggie. The 2006 Army run to the NCAA tournament was truly one of the greatest Cinderella stories in the history of the sport. And just weeks later, this 28-year-old superstar head coach Maggie Dixon passes away. I can only imagine the emotional toll that took on the program. Dave, how did you find the strength at that point to take over as head coach and continue Maggie's legacy? Kevin, I, I had already taken another job. And as you know, I think you know the story, I mean, Maggie had met Maureen during the year. And at first she wanted her to take over our prep school uh, down in, in Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, which is a really great job and a big feeder system for West Point. Navy has a prep school, Air Force has a prep school, and we we relied on that recruiting quite a lot. And, and it, it was a great job. Maureen at that time was at Fairfield University as an assistant. And um, that's, it, it's just, it was crazy. You know, she, she, she collapsed one day. Maureen was with her in Boston at the Women's Final Four. I had just been with her. So I had flown from the uh, from Indianapolis uh, to uh, Oklahoma City because I was offered a job in the NBA with my former assistant, Jeff Bauer, who was the GM of the New Orleans Hornets. They were playing in Oklahoma City then after Katrina. So that's how the whole thing happened. And Maggie collapses. And I was with her brother when we got the call. We were I was at an NBA pre-draft camp down in Portsmouth, Virginia, and we both he was with a, one of his players and we flew back. Maureen drove down from, from Fairfield and she was at the Westchester medical center in a coma and she, and she passed. And it was just, Kevin, it was, it was just devastating. Our, the girls were just loved her so much. And uh, she had such a big impact on, on the team, the program, the Academy to the point where she's buried at West Point, which is an incredible honor for, for a non-military person. We played them next, and Maureen was was in a point where she was, should have been redshirting that whole thing. But uh, I, I look back on that whole thing, and I, and I think Jamie, you know, was the, really the, the main connection. And he was calling her saying, look, you know, Dave McGarity might be somebody to look at. And the people at Army knew me. So I'm covering a football game for the Mid-American Conference. And they were playing at Army, it was Central Michigan. And, and they approached me about being an assistant or an associate coach. And I, and I said, well, I don't know her. And, and so then they, they hooked us up. We had dinner at the Thayer Hotel with the father, Jimmy Dixon. And it was like a three hours. I, had, I just had a blast. And, 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 she, and I said, look, Maggie, I get a feeling they're trying to shove me down your throat. And she's there, Dave, look, I've talked to a lot of people. And ironically, my former boss, Pat Kennedy, was the men's coach at DePaul at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that it just, there was a lot of connections there. And she said, look, I, I just think 
And, uh, you know, that, that's how it all came down. So I was the only assistant that she hired because she kept the rest of the staff because the, the transition happened so late in October. And, and uh, that's how I ended up there. And, and it was just, uh, you know, it was a Cinderella season. He, she was like a rock star. And, uh, you know, she's on ESPN. I'll never forget, they kept showing her at the Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden. This is after we had won the, the Patriot League, which was an incredible game. One of the all-time unbelievable games. Maureen was at that game. It was unbelievable because the, the cadets were there and they stormed the court. I, I, it was like watching something, uh, you know, crazy. And, and, and here she is, you know, on ESPN. They kept showing her, talking about – she probably would have only been in Army for a couple of years at the most, to be honest with you. So all these stars align to put you on that sideline with Maggie. The 2006 Army run to the NCAA tournament was truly one of the greatest Cinderella stories in the history of the sport. And just weeks later, this 28-year-old superstar head coach, Maggie Dixon, passes away. I can only imagine the emotional toll that took on the program. Dave, how did you find the strength at that point to take over as head coach and continue Maggie's legacy? Kevin, I, I had already taken another job. And as you know, I think you know the story, I mean, Maggie had met Maureen during the year. And at first she wanted her to take over our prep school uh, down in, in Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, which is a really great job and a big feeder system for West Point. Navy has a prep school, Air Force has a prep school. And we, we relied on that recruiting quite a lot. And, and it, it was a great job. Maureen at that time was at Fairfield university as an assistant and um that's it's just it was crazy you know she 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 collapsed one day maureen was with her in boston at the women's final four i had just been with her so i had flown from the uh from indianapolis uh to uh oklahoma city because i was offered a job in the nba with my former assistant jeff bauer who was the GM of the New Orleans Hornets. They were playing in Oklahoma City then after Katrina. So that's how the whole thing happened. And Maggie collapses. And I was with her brother when we got the call. We were I was at an NBA pre-draft camp down in Portsmouth, Virginia. And we both, he was with a, one of his players. And we flew back. Maureen drove down from, from Fairfield and she was at the Westchester Medical Center in a coma and she and she passed. And it was just, Kevin, it was, it was just devastating. Our, the girls were just loved her so much. And uh, she had such a big impact on, on the team, the program, the academy, to the point where she's buried at West Point, which is an incredible honor for, for a non-military person. And you certainly honored Coach Dixon's legacy. If you pounce back the next year, somehow go 11-3 and three in the Patriot League. And, and you had a young assistant named Maureen McGarity on the bench with you. Maureen, I'd love to get an idea of what those early experiences were like sharing a sideline, working side by side with your dad for those four years at West Point. Yeah, I, you know, obviously it was an, it was an honor to, to work at, at West Point and I was really looking forward to, to working with Maggie. I mean, she, that year, you know, I was at Fairfield, I had gotten to know her and it was just such a great story. And I was so grateful to Maggie for taking my dad in, you know, everybody talks about like, 
oh, Dave, you know, went and helped Maggie. It was more Maggie helped my dad. I mean, my dad had been out of coaching, had a great job, you know, with the Mid-American Conference, but, you know, had been, had a great career and still to me is a coach. And, and I really struggled with that. I, the first year or two after my dad got out of coaching was, he's a coach, you know? And, and I think Maggie really instilled that passion again, you know, in him to, to say, Hey, yeah, coaching men, women doesn't really matter. And, and we had some great conversations about that. And then obviously when she, when she passed away, it was, you know, there's nowhere else I wanted to be than, uh, you know, next to my dad by his side to help him. And that was hard. You know, I'm not going to lie. That was the most challenging thing I've ever been through really in my life. It was just devastating. Like my dad mentioned, I mean, those players adored Maggie every day was just, you know, it was, it would come up every day, every time we'd go into the, into the gym or come up to the office and just how my dad handled that and how he was there, you know, Mr. Anderson, the athletic director there at the time just needed my dad. I mean, my dad had already taken a job with the NBA. I mean, for most people, that's a dream job, right? And my dad knew that those, those players needed him. And I just learned so much from my dad about just how he handled that. And obviously that's nothing that you can ever prepare for. Um, and I was just happy that I could play a small role and, and kind of helping that team and, um, and obviously getting the opportunity to work for my dad. I never thought would ever happen. Right. I mean, he was always a men's coach and it's just strange how, how the world and how life kind of happens. So that small role develops into a bigger role, associate head coach, then a lot of people in your corner help get you the opportunity at New Hampshire. And then Worcester came calling that opportunity. You've said time and again, was always out there at Holy Cross and the opportunity that's never been had before to coach against your dad in division one women's college basketball, January 9th, 2021 masks on middle of the COVID pandemic. You two are coaching against each other in the Patriot League. What was the buildup like before that meeting? I'll let I'll let her take this one because I it was just uh, an unbelievable week before that game. Yeah, you know I think for us, you know, obviously it's my first year and we joke about it. Everybody said, well, why haven't you guys ever played before? And, you know, I had been a head coach at UNH for 10 years and my dad was at army and we scrimmaged every year and, and had some great, you know, great games during the scrimmages, but just never, never wanted to play. You know, it was just one of those things. I mean, he had some amazing teams and, and I had some pretty good teams too. We just never wanted to play. So, you know, sure enough, it's like, not only do we have to play play once, you know, once or twice, but we have to play four times. So that, that week leading up to it was interesting because we hadn't had any games. So at that point, the Patriot league, you know, we didn't have a non-conference, but they made an exception for the service academies. So, you know, I have all this film, I'm watching film on, on army and getting prepared. And uh, my dad obviously knows a lot of the, the players, but the, the media attention was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we ever, ever when our wildest dreams would have thought it would have become, you know, what it did. Uh, and, and it was really fun. I mean, I think my family really got a kick out of it. Um, you know, the, the team, the team, my, I mean, as far as our team at Holy Cross, I mean, they didn't really let it affect them. I mean, they were very focused. We were just so excited to play a game. We didn't really have any, you know, any high expectations on us. And, and obviously we know what happened, uh, that game. When, yeah, when, that, when my that, favorite. <laughs> that's what I was going to point out, Dave. Obviously, you're a competitor. You want to win every game for your team. But uh, Maureen went three and one against you uh, that season. There must be a part of you now in hindsight that 
that's happy to have seen Maureen get some immediate success there in a very challenging year at Holy Cross. Well, to be honest with you, you know, no, I, I'm not happy about that. I'm, not, <laughs> I, I'm happy that I'm one and three against her. You know, I, I was stunned, I, I, quite honestly. I mean, they Holy, Holy Cross played so well. And, and we had had, as Maureen mentioned, we had had a pretty good record. We had gotten a chance to play, I think, five or six games uh, because we got a waiver. Uh, Army and Navy both got a waiver to play non-conference games. Um, so we, yeah, we had beaten Quinnipiac. We had beaten Iona. We beat Ryder on the road. I think we lost to Marist and we lost at the buzzer to Hofstra. And then they canceled like three other games got canceled because of COVID. So we would have had like 10 games under our belt. And, um, I think we had played a couple I think we had both played a couple league games going into that game. Uh, Maureen had, I think Maureen had to open with BU and we had, we opened with Colgate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe is that right or not? Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Yeah, and uh, it was your first win because right. BU was BU was really good that year, and we were in that silly pod with the four teams and the crossover. You know, she got stuck with a crossover with the eventual league champion and, and Lehigh, and I we had Navy. So um, at the end of the day, it, it just it was a surreal game. I mean, the the week before was was great. I mean, we had a lot of fun. We were on about four or five different podcasts. We did interviews. We ESPN was all over the game, uh, so it was it was interesting. But I was sort of stunned. I, I'll never forget after the game. I'm like, I, I can't believe we just lost by that amount. I mean, because we not, not to pat myself on the back, Kevin, but overall, look at my record against Holy Cross over the yeah. years. I feel that they just were so focused because that game was at our place. It was, they had to play at Army. And I mean, geez, oh man, she, she just blew, blew our doors off. Let's take one last break. When we return, <laughs> we'll have more with the McGarrity's right here on Seder Stories. We are UMass Memorial Health and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals to Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion, obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone to redefine what medicine can do and how 
it can heal relentlessly. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. We welcome you back to Seder Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale celebrating Father's Day with Dave and Maureen McGarity. Now, Maureen, as a mother of two, what do you appreciate now about your dad as a parent that you probably didn't realize as a kid? You know, I think everybody always just had this assumption, I think, especially with me, uh, that, you know, oh, your dad's a basketball coach, you have to play basketball. And I, what I really respect about both of my parents, but, you know, obviously, especially with my dad being a, a division one uh, coach for as long as he was, they never really, they didn't push anything on us. You know, I think uh, I, I wanted to play. I tried a bunch of different sports. I, I really found my love with basketball, but my sister, Katie, um, went a completely different direction, was a cheerleader, a fashion major. My brother, Dave, tried a bunch of sports, walked on for my dad. And uh, I just, you know, I, now that I am a parent, I really appreciate that because, you know, I have, you know, Charlotte's 10, Caroline's a seven, and they're starting to play a lot of organized youth sports. And you can tell already that these, a lot of these parents are very, you know, it's just a lot. And they put too much, I think, on these young kids' plates where they, they're, they're probably going to burn out. And I, I really, I appreciate that, you know, and I think it was, you know, as I got older, even it would, even when I got to the point where I got to high school, you know, I, I just never felt that pressure from my parents, just very supportive, very loving. I could have the worst game in the world. And uh, most of the time, there were a few instances where I would hear it from my dad, for sure. But, you know, I think both, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. I learned so much from my parents. So just, you know, showing, showing them, you know, love, whether we win or we lose. And just, uh, I feel like the older I get, I, I just, I can't tell you how much I learned about, about that from my parents. Dave, I, I think it says a lot to piggyback on what Maureen is saying. You, you raised three children with your wife, Rita, all three graduated from Marist where you were coaching. So even with the demands of being a head coach, I'd love to get an idea of some of your favorite Father's Day's memories. I would think that in the summertime, you'd get a little time away from the from the hardwood. The thing with Maureen, by the time she got seriously involved, and that was at a young age because of the AAU stuff, was really starting to pick up steam. Uh, but, you know, I would have, it seemed like most of my springs and early summers before recruiting really got kicking in was taking, driving her to Queens, New York, from Poughkeepsie, New York, to practice. She was with one of the top AAU programs in the country, the New York Liberty Bells. She played with Sue Bird and uh, some some of the great, you know, I think her one team, she played up a year, so they were, uh, so she was a year younger than everybody. And um, they had one, the one team she played on had 11 division one players on it. AAU wow. team. I mean, kids were going to Stanford, uh, Bethany Donovan. You had Sue Bird, you had Cat Fowler go to West Virginia. It was unbelievable. And for me, I had, had a little bit of experience with it. My sister was a very good player. She played at Villanova, good high school player, obviously, and then went to Villanova. But I wasn't around much. I was away. I was at St. Francis back then. And so I didn't get a chance to see her much. And I, I followed her as much as I could. But the whole AAU thing was, was an eye-opener for me for women 
because it was a different, just a different vibe than the men. So, you know, as, as when we get to Father's Day now, here I am jumping in the car. You know, I would drag the other kids with us sometimes. They go, I don't want to go. I don't want to drive to Queens. But, you know, we, um, we, we, we enjoyed it. I mean, as Maureen said, you know, Katie's a whole different person, you know, and she, she you know, it's interesting because now I'm looking at her kids and they're very athletic. Her son is a really athletic kid, Carter, and Taylor's playing lacrosse. And But Katie was a cheerleader. And she was the, you know, uh, whatever. She did a lot of different things. But I remember driving her to cheerleading camps all over the place. So it, it was interesting, you know, a, a great, it was great. Like I mentioned earlier, that was a very, very good area for them to grow up in. Uh, and from, from being in a situation where they had stability and, and, and I wasn't moving them around like a lot of coaches end up doing. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, I think yeah. in this day and age, now that I'm a coach and I have, you know, my, my kids or coaches, kids, what my dad said is, is it, you don't, you really don't find that very often anymore. And, you know, and the sacrifice that my parents, you know, the sacrifices that they made, you know, my dad, I'm sure could have had, he, he did, he had a lot of different opportunities to pick up and, and take maybe a higher level job or try to get, you know, but he didn't. And, and I think a lot of that was because of us, because of the, the ages that we were, that we were, no dad, we can't, you can't take that job. We, you know, you're not pulling us out of school and this and that. And, um, you know, now that I have daughters of my own, just kind of doing that, you know, obviously they were very little when I took the Holy Cross job, but they're very, they love where we live now and they have friends and they're very ingrained within the community and playing on the youth sports. And I see, you know, I'm very just amazed at how my dad was able to, and my mom, I mean, to be in a small community like that for 20 years and, um, and, and, and just do what was best for the family. And, and I, I really learned that a lot about that from my dad, just being a coach now. Maureen, I, I've talked with the Chesneys recently about having a family so ingrained in the community and in a program and a championship winning program. It feels like the McGarrities are, are just the same around this basketball program. When you think back to the best moments so far in your Holy Cross career, how special is it to have your kids, your parents, your sister, brother-in-law, whomever can join, be part of that with you as well? Oh, I mean, it's it's everything, you know, and I think you know, I talk about this all the time, but the older you get, you just realize there's, there's nobody more important than your family, you know, and, and no matter what, whether you win or you lose, or you win championships, or you don't win championships, your family is who's there for you to help pick you up, or, or to, to watch you cut down the nets, you know, and it means the world to me. And like I said before, I get choked up the older I get too, but see, Kevin, my dad, uh, just, and my mom means so much to me and for them to be there to see me win, you know, and then to go to Maryland to, to, to watch us play in the NCAA tournament was, I can't tell you. I mean, obviously you can see how, how emotional I get. Uh, but my parents are, are my world. My family's my world, my, my kids, my sister, my brother. I just feel so, so lucky to have such a amazing family that gets it. I think, uh, being a coach is a tough, tough profession, just like a lot of professions, but you know, they, they were, they were with me throughout this whole thing. You know, I'm a single mom. I take a job in the middle of COVID. My parents are the ones that help me, you know, they still help me every single day 
uh, get through it. And, and so by, for me to cut down the nets, you know, I, I, I can't do anything uh, without their love and their support. So you got me good there. There we go. I cried. Thank you so much, Maureen, Dave. This has been great. On behalf of everyone at the college, it's it's so special to have you all so connected to this proud women's basketball program. Dave, a very happy Father's Day to you. We can't wait to see you back at the Heart Center again next season. And let's hope let's hope it's a little less dramatic. Not uh, <laughs> a league title, okay? Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's go let's go regular season and tournament champion next year. <laughs> he's always at the bar higher. I like that, Maureen. And no. And he's going to be joining you on the trip to Ireland. It sounds like this summer, the whole family's going over to sure be. Sure is. My mom, my dad, Charlotte, Caroline. It's 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 going to be amazing. I think uh, finally I get to bring my dad to Ireland. It's the one place I, I don't think he's never been. He's been everywhere, you know. So it's going to be an awesome experience and you know, maybe I can somehow get him to somehow sit in the bench and kind of be my assistant coach for a couple of possessions. Maybe, you know, we'll see what we can do. I love it. Probably no limit on staff on that trip. So <laughs> I wish all the McGarrity's the best in Ireland. Happy Father's Day again to Dave. And thanks to everyone for tuning in to Seder Stories. My thanks to Maureen and Dave McGarrity. I'm Kevin Gale. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!